Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. <laughs> good morning, afternoon, evening to all of you out there in Radio Land. Welcome back again to Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast, where I'm already being harassed by Mr. Graham. But first, I need to introduce you to my wonderful co-host, first in the corner to my left, the sensational Sherry Mattel. And of course, in the corner to my right, the least from the east, Graham Graham Bigelow. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Matt, I really like yours. That was excellent. I quite like that. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you very much. I, I, you know, I've been thinking long and hard about these for a while, and I've got more. I've got more, so oh, I'm good to go. Um, I, I was honestly Sherry Mattel. That took me a lot, but it just kind of made sense to me. And you are sensational. No, um, Graham was nice because a, I actually came up with that before the Dark Side of the Ring with Bam Bam, uh, and B. I really enjoyed, because I was just going to call him Graham Graham Bigelow, but I really enjoyed the least from the East, because he is on the East Coast of the U.S. I'm actually in Ohio right now. Yeah, well, normally. <laughs> Thank you. Gentlemen. Should have saved it for a week or two then, I guess. Yeah. Indeed. So this is episode 242, which Ryan, you need to get in the intro. What number on, buddy? That's, that's the one from your intro. Apart from I, that, you're I, still I, building up. It's fine. I'm going to forget the number that we're on. Like, I forget already. Did you say 242 or 241? 242. It's never going to work for me. So I'm going to need someone to to say the number. He asks to take over this episode. He does does a poor job of introducing it. That was an amazing introduction. It's the fifth anniversary episode as well. Well, I figured that would be how your week is. And it's also, I'm assuming, a good cop moment. Come on. Uh, it's definitely in fan cop moments. I know that for sure. Okay, well, I do want to address the the the, the I think the gorilla in the room rather than elephant because uh, I'm hairy of an elephant. Um, I want to address something about this being our fifth anniversary show. I want to do something really big to market. Um, Grand's rolling his eyes right now, which is kind of appropriate, really. Actually, I guess um, because show was never long enough. Because I've decided. To uh, move the Hall of Fame to our anniversary show going forward. So, allow me to induct the next member of the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame. <laughs> I wouldn't be on this show without him, and nor would Ryan, and nor would Graham, technically, because it is Graham himself. Uh-huh. I'm that inducting you to the Hall of Fame, sir. I was this not consulted so about this. <laughs> it's my Hall of Fame, bitch. No one gets consulted about it. This is so indie wrestling. This feels like the owner who's putting themselves in a match. Well, I'm not putting myself in the Hall of Fame. You are, but it kind of it kind of feels uh, inappropriate. But, well, hey. Ryan's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so he's going to love now. So if I introduce him as the Hall of Famer now, then he has to introduce me as the Hall of Famer too. I Absolutely, guess. yeah. I think I'm, I've got a front runner got, then for next year's induction as well. I'm I ain't put myself in the Hall of Fame never. No, but, so first and foremost, a huge congratulations from one Hall of Famer to another to Mr. Graham. 
Um, second, uh, I, I just do want to say that you're going to have to start holding yourself to a higher standard now, as us Hall of Famers do. Yeah, because you're a magster. <laughs> I'm sure Mason holds himself quite high standards. See, it's, it's not as special for me. I'm not even the first person in my family to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you're you're Christian. <laughs> That's who you are right now, is you're Christian. <laughs> It's Christian. <laughs> which, which I, I, I mean, so first and foremost, I did not know, Matt, that you were the sole inductor of the Hall of Fame. I'm responsible for the Hall of Fame. I'm responsible for everyone regarding uh, handing out the award at the end of the year sort of thing. Graham lets me take over all of that, mainly because Graham is busy doing everything else, uh, usually like wrangling guests and try and actually wrangle a family around <laughs> around all times. Um the the guy the guy um had put up with my shit for the last five years as well. Uh, it's like having a, a third son as far as as far as he's concerned at that time probably. Um so this is me being a hundred percent honest and completely and completely um shoot as it were. Uh without Graham this show literally wouldn't be happening. Uh so thank you, Graham. I'm lost for words. That's a fucking change. I, I also have something to say about Graham. Okay. Without me, Graham wouldn't have even started podcasting. Absolutely. So therefore, vis-a-vis ergo and whatnot, I'm a double Hall of Famer now. Oh god. Because <laughs> I finally go. <laughs> no, there's definitely no, no. It's I. I still tell the story uh, to people who ask about Graham reaching out to me before we, we we didn't really know each other that well. It was just he happened to stumble across you know the blade job, and we chatted on Twitter every now and then, and asking you know me for advice for for Mason and everything. And it was actually the first time I felt like I was doing something. Because I was like, oh shit, there's actual fans and I'm inspiring a child. This is not what I set out to do. <laughs> so, but well, still, I yeah. certainly didn't know that was going to happen either. Um, I, I think the reason we, we kind of connected was you definitely uh, were watching the same kind of indie wrestling that I was watching at a time when I didn't really have. Uh, many indie wrestling people I was following on Twitter. It was mainly probably more people, WWE, uh, no AEW, obviously, at that time. So there was kind of a big gap between those. And you, were, when you were throwing names at me, I'm like, oh, that's the same person that wrestles at Nova Pro. So we had a lot of similar wrestlers we were watching at the same time. Yeah, so. I think we were watching it, too, back when it was Powerbomb TV. Um, like, we, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're old school. Before uh, <laughs> WTV, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! No. But I, and I was also lucky too because I was talking Beyond, and that was the moment when Beyond was really going from like little indie, you know, indie uh, organization out of Providence and then Worcester to arguably one of the biggest indies. And they don't even move, and they're still this popular. Like they don't go anywhere really. They only do Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Really, like they're an old school territorial promotion, which is cool. Like GCW, great for them. They're a traveling promotion now. They're on the next level. 
So I consider Beyond to be the biggest indie promotion out there mm-hmm. right now in, 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 in terms of popularity. I'm just missing the GCW show by about a week. It's up in Detroit. Normally we would be in Ohio a week later, but we're starting school a week earlier this year. Um, and it's just kind of moved everything around. I didn't know that at the time, but afterwards I was like, oh my gosh. That, that means GTW cool. obviously trying to cash in on those SummerSlam dollars, obviously. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, so that being said, we'll, we'll now move on from Hall of Fame stuff. And Graham, how has your week been? Obviously you've been out of state. Uh, yeah, touristy. Um, seeing new stadiums, uh, going to the Football Hall of Fame, uh, traveling around, lots of museums. Uh, yeah, just um, seeing lots of, seeing as much as we can of Ohio. Um, and I saw a picture area. of you, you guys of you and Jackson at a um at a baseball game, uh, and I was watching this picture of you of taking a picture of Jackson in front of some, what looked like semaphore signs, which was great. I thought, who are those two photobombing? It was Mason and your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I've been bad sort of like like who does that? Like, oh, that's Mason and Mel. Yeah, we're on the uh we're on the bleachers. Um it was on top of a tower. There wasn't many tickets, it was almost a sellout. And it's some I, I read that it's like if you go and see this game, even if you're not in these seats, go check out this tower. So I was like, hey, we want a different experience. So we bought yeah. the tower seats. And you can tell from the picture, Matt, because if you if you've seen the other pictures, it's really high up. Probably not by major league standards, but by minor league standards, it certainly was. Absolutely. And yeah, as I took a picture of Jackson, I was like, "Oh, Mel and uh, Mason are up there." I was like, "We might as well get a picture of kind of all of us at the same time." It was, it was, it was a, a, a picture I don't usually see because I know your good lady doesn't usually get in the, in the picture because doesn't go to a lot of sporting events with you. So uh, mm-hmm. it was a uh, another thing, and it was just it just it's been lovely. What I've been I've gone through all of your albums that you've put up this this last few weeks, Graham. Just to just oh, to um apologies. That's been a lot. Just well to be fair, Graham, I didn't like every every single one, Graham, like I have done in, in recent times gone past. Um but to piss you off, mainly for notifications like 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 How like I get like, fifty notifications. Oh Matt just liked every picture in the album without I was like, like I was like the album now it's easier, it's faster for me as well. But there was a lot of good pictures in there. I must admit, I was going through them to try and find um, something sarcastic for Bad Cop or something so I could use as a devil advocate. Nothing I could use. Nothing I could use. You, you, uh, you, you, you know me way too well, Mr. Graham. Wagging my finger at you for trying to use I, my photos against me. I tried, and there was nothing I could use. All right, I'm going to keep going round the horn. How have you been, Ryan? How's your week been? It's been a week. Uh... Not much more to say about it, to be 100% honest. Uh, I did a lot of work. Uh, I guess the one benefit is uh, now, Graham, as a uh, homeowner in the U.S., I'm sure you can you can appreciate uh, the magnitude of this situation. I finally got a landscaper to call me back. Shocking, I know. Okay. Um, and and that was my uh, that was my big to do this week. He's gonna come down this weekend to give me a quote. We got some uh, yard repairs that need to be done, and uh, some mason work. Not your son, Mason, as in masonry. Uh, and of course, that's hard. That's hard to find someone who can do masonry work as well. Is not easy. So, and this guy does both. So I'm glad he called me back, and uh, I'm going to meet him this weekend, and we'll see what goes down. I'm all right for you to Jackson. <laughs> I was going to ask how many acres you have on your estate that you need a landscaper. 
Uh, no, it's 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 not the maintenance that is a problem. The yard was already in rough shape when we bought the house. Um, and then we had a, if you remember, we had a tree come down. Or I posted that on, on Twitter. I don't remember. Yeah. It was like a year ago or year and a half ago. Uh, so we got rid of the tree, but like all of the small pieces of wood from getting rid of the tree are now in the grass. And it's impossible. Like, so most of the time I hit, I don't notice it until I hit it with the lawnmower and it did it, it. So that's a problem. We have a retaining wall that was pushed out by frost. So the retaining wall is coming down a little bit. Uh, we took, we got four people together and tried to lift it up with pry bars. It's just, you know, it's like a 2000 pound slab of concrete. Uh, okay. So we need a professional for that. Um, and just generally the yard was in, in bad shape. So we're going to get it cleaned up, get the retaining wall fixed, and then talk to them about either, you know, a, uh, like an aeration or something just to get the grass growing again. Cause there's a lot of bald spots. So it's just things that I can take care of a lawn, but I can't fix a lawn. Um, we also have some weeds around the fence that I just can't kill. So anyways, yeah, that's uh that's it. Let's let's go to the peanut gallery. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm guessing that around that point, it may want to know how my week's been. Uh, it it's been it's been fine, I guess. I'm I got to be on Monday when I weighed in. I was less than happy. I only lost half a pound this week. But as my husband was quite quick to remind me, it could be much worse. Given I went to a barbecue and ate my body weight in processed meat. So um, it could have been way worse if I had bread as well, but I didn't. Um, and I then spent, um, I also spent 20 minutes um, yesterday recording, saying to a guy why olive oil is bad for you, um, which it is. If in the, in the quantity that was, that was, that it was in the salad, it was, it's bad for you that much. Um, it would have been way better using a, a, a zero fat yogurt, but I'm not here to talk about stealing foods and all that stuff. But I've been back on it this week, so I'm looking to hopefully get under my two stone this week, Graham. Which okay. will, which for our American listeners would be would mean I've I'm that's nearly a, a quarter of a ton, no, a quarter of a quarter of a hundred. It would be your take. Yeah, just say twenty eight pounds. Let's not overcomplicate this. Ryan said the other week that a stone's fourteen pounds. So. Yes, I'm aware, but I actually almost I say a quarter of a ton, but a quarter of a ton is actually. A lot more than a hundred. Quite a bit. A ton is saying for a hundred in the UK. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad to see you learned your lesson after last week's episode about talking about food. Very, very wise. I did. I did. Ryan, you want to come in? Sorry. No, I didn't sit. No. Oh, I was. I was actually politely listening for once. Wow! 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 We'll, we'll talk that one up to, to the gallery for sure. So, with that being said, gentlemen, seeing as how uh, my husband went to cook me dinner, uh, we should probably crack on. And we don't know if Graham is going to be um, accosted by um, a family at any point, given that um, he's an open plan building, like he yeah. is every year, um, at some point. So, how about we get cracking with some good comments? Do it. Good. Bad. Graham's requested to go first. So, if you'd be so kind, sir, take away your main good cop moment. 
Yeah, I, I'm at a family gathering. I'm not sure when people are arriving. Um, times are changing a little bit. So, yeah, it could be that it starts to get loud. So I asked if I could go first. Um, my main good cop moment is, I think it, it's kind of based on one I think I had a couple of weeks ago as well. Basically, not looking for wrestling, but suddenly it turns to wrestling. I don't know if it's just because I'm looking for it more now than I ever do, or I don't know. Anyway, um, I was interested in finding out a little bit more about a baseball player to begin with. So, Matt, this is normally it's Ryan who's um, in the dark when I do English references. So to start off with, you know, it's going to be the reverse this time. OK, um, and Ryan, I'm not sure how good your baseball knowledge is, so you might not know this person either. I was interested to know more about the catcher from the L.A. Dodgers, Roy Campanella, um, Hall of Famer who played in the 50s. And while I was watching YouTube, they came up a document, a non-documentary. They became one of those um, TV movies about him. Um, so I started watching it. And Matt, as you don't know the story, um, he, he was probably a Hall of Fame catcher at this point, was involved in a car accident and was in basically in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. So the documentary focused, uh, sorry, the TV film focused pretty much on that point in his life after the car accident, how he rehabilitated, how he went back to the Dodgers as a coach, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, with YouTube algorithms, of course, once you watch one thing, it recommends something else. And the next thing it recommended... Now, Matt, you're kind of young, so I'm not sure... I know this is very rare for us to say this. I'm not sure if you know this show from Britain. Uh, What's My Line? Are you familiar with that show? It's a very old show. I'm aware of it, Graham. I'm also aware of Whose Lines... Yes, I think like that. I'm both shows okay. like that, yes. Okay, so it's the one where they bring somebody on, you got to guess what their job is. And they actually did this. It was, this is an episode from the 50s as well. Uh, this was an American version of the show. Um, but, with it being on a, it, yeah. but with it being such a famous player as Roy Campanella, they blindfolded the, uh, the panel and then they had to guess who it was. Anyway, so that was how it got to that. How am I going to turn this into wrestling? The next link it said, having watched this What's My Line, um, there was another episode of What's My Line with Groucho Marx. And I was like, I love Groucho Marx. love the Marx Brothers. I'm going to watch this. Now, here's where the interactive part of this comes from. Um, I'm going to see if you can guess who the guest was um, by giving you their description from what I found on the uh, Wikipedia page, okay? All right, so let me just scroll to my notes. <laughs> I love these sort of games. I know you do. All right, so I don't know how easy or how difficult this is because your knowledge is way higher than mine. Uh, she was an active wrestler during the 1950s and 60s. In addition to her nickname, the Barefoot Contessa, due to her preference for wrestling barefoot, she was also known as the acrobatic blonde with the educated flying feet. Now, this might be where Ryan has an advantage on you. She trained with the fabulous Moolah in her school in Columbia, South Carolina, and Moolah's female trainees worked in Boston under promoter Paul Bowser, and in Boston, her and Moolah were involved in a feud. She wrestled in the National Wrestling Alliance, that's the NWA, throughout the 50s and 60s, and even though she retired in the late 60s, her last in-ring work occurred in Superstar Wrestling in 1974. Now, I'm going to pause at that point because there is a big clue coming up soon. Um, but I wanted to see if that was a name that you, you might be able to come up with. Obviously, somebody famous if they're appearing on uh, on that show. It wasn't like a super obscure wrestler. Trained Any ideas, gentlemen? Trained with Moolah. Mm -hmm. And you said the Barefoot Contessa. It might turn out at the end that you say, I've never heard of this person. I've got a feeling right do you know the answer because I've, i want to take a stab in the dark if you don't know it 
I'm I'm not sure. I'm kind of going through my like that era in my head, um, and especially going through. Uh, it's not, it's not my, my it's not my it's not my best area. But get, when when all the stuff with Muna was brought up, um, around yeah, the, around WrestleMania, um, around WrestleMania thirty sort of time, when when they started doing the whole um, battle royal for her, and they had a rename and everything, and all the all the shit came out about her, um. Um, Judy, Judy something. Oh, I think you're there, Matt. I think you're about there. Looks like you don't need that last Gabe, clue. After Judy Gable, Judy Gable. I, I, let me pull up my notes because I closed it because I don't remember the name. Per I got to check name. You're the, there. You're there. Judy the thing- Gable. Oh, the Gable. Last- I knew Gable wasn't quite quite, quite correct, but I couldn't remember exactly. What I'll else. take that. I'll That's take that. Pretty impressive. That's pretty I, impressive. I feel like she may have been interviewed on the dark side of the ring about Mula. Yeah, that that. Oh, that, yeah. Be. That. The last clue was going to be on March thirty first, two thousand seventeen. She was posthumously inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the Legacy Wing. Um, uh, so she would. Yeah. So she wouldn't have been on dark side, but they could have used footage of her. And the other people, so it said, actually, I didn't realize this part either. Uh, in 2016, WWE introduced a new category for the Hall of Fame, the Legacy Wing. And specifically in 2017, the people who were inducted were Martin Farmer Burns, June Byers, Haystacks Calhoun, Judy Grable, Dr. Jerry Graham, uh, Luther Lindsay, Joseph Toops Mont, oh, Wikidazon, I might be pronouncing that completely wrong, and uh, Bear Cat Wright. But I just like the fact that I'm watching something totally unrelated to wrestling. I'm watching baseball, and within two steps, somehow I managed to get back to wrestling. I was like, it, oh my god, it, can I just it, get away that, from wrestling? It's that, it's that six degree of Kevin Steen thing again, isn't it? I, it pretty much is. It pretty much is. But I thought also, well, I'd like to test your knowledge. Matt, you, um, it wasn't, I'll admit, I did not recognize the name Judy Grable. And when I could it's obviously watch the show, I could up there because It's only up there because you mentioned Moolah. And I thought, well, who did she fuck over? And so I was going through <laughs> through my head, name that thing. Judy was the only one that stood out to me. Um, so, but I did think with her being inducted in 2017, you're pretty good at knowing your Hall of Fame classes as well. Yeah, I but she, that but might she, be one that would help. The legacy, the legacy stuff is not part of the main class. It, it's not. But I, I thought you you're pretty good with obscure stuff. I was like, that might be just enough that you would remember from oh six years ago. I remember they read the people out and it was such and such, but. I'm going to give you an A plus for that, Matt. I, I will. I'll, I'll. I'll take an A minus. It's fine. Okay. All right. All right. Ryan, what you got for your main good cop moment of the week? So first, I want to just that that six degrees. It, it happened to me yesterday too. Uh, I was watching um, the the latest Marvel show, Secret Invasion. Uh, Fantastic in it. And uh, Colonel Rhodes uh, makes a comment about uh, t- taking taking a pile driver. Uh, just like the Undertaker, and I was just like, "What? What is happening?" Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it happens a lot. But I mean, at the same time, you got to think like, you know, a lot of writers and Hollywood and directors and stuff like that are now in, you know, my age group, Matt's age group, where they were teenagers during the Attitude Era when everyone liked wrestling. So people now who are in those positions have fond memories of wrestling. So I think that's one of the reasons it happens a lot in modern television. But anyways, um, let me go to my notes real quick. Uh, Let's see. Um, Oh, my main good cop moment. Very simple. uh, And you'll, you'll know exactly why Uh, it was Champa and Reed getting a full competitive match on raw. 
What a match. What a match. It was A, phenomenal. B, y'all know how much I love Tommaso Ciampa. Like, he is one of my top guys, possibly all time. Yeah. I love Tommaso Ciampa. And I feel like both of them have been stuck around the Miz since uh, since Ciampa returned. And even before he was injured, he was stuck with the Miz. And I feel like this is one of those moments where they're like, okay, we're doing Champa and Reed, and they go up to Triple H and say, "What do you want us to do?" And Triple H goes, "You do what you do best. Whatever go out you there want. and whatever you want." <laughs> and I loved it, and I and it was funny. And the thing that made it a really good cop moment was this was traditional WWE crowd where it's like two people who haven't done much lately, so the crowd's kind of dead. But by the end of that match, that crowd is on their feet and they are having fun because that was a hell of a match. Bronson Reed. Jonah, whatever you want to call him, phenomenal wrestler. Tommaso Ciampa, probably one of the best veterans they have on the roster. And sure. he can go. He and, can go. And when you tack in Shinsuke into, that, into yeah. that feud as well, you're like, both are going to have a true threat at SummerSlam, I imagine. It'd be stupid to let that go to waste. For sure. But even any combination of those three in a match works. Absolutely works, and we are so lucky that Triple H is now booking them. Than- and, and, and that's and that's the thing is you, you look at a guy like Champa. Champa did not work under Vince because he's not a Vince style guy. He yeah. works under Triple H because he's a Triple H guy, and he was a Triple H guy. And I think that's why a lot of those NXT people kind of floundered on the main roster because they were Triple H hires, not Vince McMahon hires. Because mm, I'm fake. Fa- I mean, didn't he get didn't he get called up though? But then he had that neck injury. Um, um, well, he got called up initially, like during the pandemic or right before the pandemic. Yeah, both him and Gargano were both called up uh, when they were NXT and North American champion respectively, and then they went back down to NXT, um, and they were basically and they finished their feud. Basically, that's when the yeah. pandemic started. Yeah. Champa stuck around NXT to transition from black and gold to 2.0, dropping the title to Braun Breaker. Um, and then he went back to the main roster, but it was kind of like hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, he did the whole thing with the Miz, but then he had an injury, and that's why he's been out for X amount of time. Yeah. Ripped his name away, gave it back to him again, and yeah. Yeah, uh, he was just Champa for a while. He wasn't yeah. Tommaso. I mean, was... yeah, we all called him Champa, but that's yeah. not what that's not his name. It's Tommaso Champa. It's well, everyone yeah, knows. Well, him. it's the same reason we call Undertaker Taker. That's not his name. It's just an easy, quick way to say, and you know who you're talking about when you say Taker. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm and the thing is that any one of those three, if any one of those three were to beat be it Seth or Finn, whoever wins at some of them. Um, one of faces one of them for the championship and wins it. None of us would complain. No, I think we'd all like to see Champa or Shinsuke or Bronson Reed. I'm a powerhouse like that as world champion. All three of those would be would be believable world champions. I'd argue that Champa's uh, NXT Championship run was the best championship run that brand ever had. I would. It, the, the, the shit he did with Gargano, even. the shit he did with Cole, like the, even even the shit he did with Cross, like him and Carrie. No, I'm sorry, that was Adam Cole. That was Adam Cole. Apologies, I got mixed up in my head. 
It's eighty done. Trust me. You cannot... I mean, you're you're talking four of the best competitors on the planet, so it's hard to mix them up sometimes. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, absolutely, great match, great match. So, yes, Matt, what you got for us? Okay, I hate to fucking beating it like I'm flogging a dead horse here, but who uh, watched Raw? Not on YouTube this week. I did. Okay, I watched, I watched the whole three hours. I I did I did I fast forward through the advert breaks because that's great to do in yeah. the UK, but if, because I obviously record it record it when it's record it and watch it in the morning it's great. Um, it's still two and a half hours <laughs> for me, but um, anyway, um, I watched it and they didn't censor Ricochet. Yep, US two, they it was that uncensored was because and. He, he Ricochet said exactly what I was fucking feeling. Logan Paul, you're a prick. That actually but, was on my list of good cop moments for the week. But the fact is that I know Logan Paul is great in the ring. I know, and I've, I've, my my feelings aside, apart of what I think about as a human being, okay? Because I, I personally, still, I still think he's a piece of trash. But he knows how to work a crowd. I can't argue that. But I'm down for this rivalry now. I'm invested in this rivalry now. I'm invested in this. I want to see them punch six spells of shit out of each other at SummerSlam. But I haven't felt like this about any Logan Paul match. I actually am invested in it. I don't care if he goes over now. I'm invested. And Ricochet got him over. With that one promo, for me, he got... He got him over in my book. And that was Ricochet's job. Logan Paul can talk. Of course he can. Can he wrestle? Absolutely he can. He's one of the best athletic benefits on the roster. No question. But can he cut a promo? Like a wrestling promo. I'm still unconvinced. That's why he needs Ricochet. Who can cut a great promo to get him over? And I was very pleased. But I was even more pleased with that Ricochet. Even get knocked down with the one lucky punch thing. Uh, Ricochet was back up and knocked him out cold. Live on camera. It was brilliant. It was, it was streaming live at the time. It was fantastic. I'm oh. just surprised that you don't think Logan Paul was over before Monday Night Raw. He's so- over as a personality, not over as a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. You don't think his match against Roman Reigns did that? Nope. The, the, and and I can agree wow. with Matt. Like Logan Paul and, and Ricochet said it best. We don't hate him because of his wrestling ability. We don't hate him because of what like we hate him because he's not supposed to be there and we don't want him there, but he keeps impressing. He's That's taking, why we hate him. Yeah. He's taking a spot which should be with someone like Johnny Gargano, for example, or Shinsuke Nakamura. Or Kevin Owens, or someone who has worked for decades to have that spot. But I can't fault his athleticism. The f- I mean, I know why he was given that tar match in his third fucking match ever. It was because the Saudis wanted it. I don't begrudge him that. But also, though, he wasn't going to fucking win it. Thing is, is that he could have won money in the bank, and I was worried about that. But thankfully, they gave it to the right person. 
Um, well, maybe LA Knight would have been a better pick. Who knows? I, you know, honestly, I think they they made the right choice with with Priest, especially with what was coming with Dominic and stuff. Like this is just smart booking right now. Judgment Day right now is literally the hottest thing right now, and rightly so. I just wish it. That, I just wish that we didn't have a brand split because it just makes it just kind of laugh in the face a little bit, doesn't it? But aside from that, Ricochet promo, I think it was brilliant. That was my that's my main good cop moment. And now Graham can be battle please. I I think we've known every result from Roman Reigns' matches in the last couple of years. I don't think, with very few exceptions, most people have thought Roman's going to win, and, and he pretty much has. And even what the Saudis have said, said that they wanted Logan Paul, he, they knew he had the wrestling ability as well. I don't think WWE would have put a match on if it was... They've had some stinkers of matches, but they I don't think they would have put him into that match if he wasn't ready to wrestle that match as well. You think you they would put somebody who's untrained, unprepared, Against somebody with the experience of Roman Reigns and let Roman Reigns carry him, I I think he, I think you're doing him a big disservice. And I thought the the comments after the match were very positive. You guys seem to be uh, I don't know sleeping on Logan Paul a little bit. Well, the, the thing is, Graham, you I'm need to gay. understand. I don't want to know. You you, you got to understand something, Graham. Is Matt and I also have our fingers closer on the pulse of pop culture, and this isn't a dig at you. It's just you got a lot more shit going on in your life. Um, and Logan Paul has done some horrible, horrible things. I know Logan Matt Paul is a person. Pretty much every episode is a piece uh, of shit. However, I am the kind of person where I have become really adept at separating the art from the artist. I'm really getting very good at it because sometimes, you know, you just gotta you just gotta accept something. And Logan Paul is. He, he's he's good enough in the ring, but here, here's the thing. Here's my issue, and I, I think Matt would agree. Um, Logan Paul can wrestle a wrestling match, and he's quite good at it. But Logan Paul still hasn't learned ring psychology. He doesn't know how to tell a story in that match. That's it. And that's the problem. And... Now that he's telling a story, at least verbally with Ricochet, not just I'm Logan Paul, so I deserve this. It's becoming a little more than that. I'm I'm, I'm Matt. I'm in the same boat. I am interested to see what him and, and Ricochet are going to do at SummerSlam. This is the um, thing. Ryan absolutely nailed it. Absolutely. No problem about the match in terms of what he did, but it's the psychology. You learn it more when you're sitting ringside at the conference table and you're, you're saying, you're calling the action. You, you see the psychology so much more and it's, why are these things being done? Why are these What's the story being told here? Logan Paul, it's all about what can I, what can I live stream while I'm doing the match for, for the first couple of matches he was doing, basically. What's going to start trending? Ricochet is making me, the person who hates him more than anyone else on this network, actually appreciate him in the ring. That's... Wouldn't it be the fault of the um, the writers? If, you, if you're saying that he's a one-dimensional character and it's just because he's famous and that's not you're not really buying into that stuff, wouldn't that be the fault of the rest? Surely the writers should be giving him something a little bit more to help tell a story. Well, who if, wrote, if who can, wrote the first can... three matches for him, Grant? Do you know that? I, I do not. Vince. Oh, okay, so that's on the that's not on that's not on him then. That's on the right. Surely that's the right. Uh, it's it's still it's still on him because 
when it comes to what happens between those ropes, other than typically the finish, that's going to be your producers, your agents, and your wrestlers. The psychology stuff, Graham, the stuff you learn at the performance center, the stuff you learn at NXT and and then level up. You learn all this stuff in the training area where you grow to become a wrestler. You don't learn it at a gym lifting and clanging and banging, as Rock calls it. I'm very pleased that he's starting to get the hang of ring psychology and Ricochet is bringing that out of him. This is a good cop moment. Why are you slating me for it? I, I understand that, but I don't think you've given. I don't think you're giving credit where credit's due. Um, I thought you were a big fan of Big uh, Bad Bunny's first match. Were you not? I was impressed with, again, his moveset, but hurt in terms of ring psychology. It wasn't until this year when he was in the ring with Priest. It, it, was, it was really bad. To be, to be fair, ring psychology. The story wasn't quite there. He had to be carried. A, he had to be carried quite a lot. In, in the um against Miz and Morrison by Priest. Absolutely. I hate that I have Vince Russo kind of in my head right now, but I kind of feel like he's, the point is, it's I not just for wrestling fans. It's for people who are not wrestling fans who you want to get to watching it. And how do you do that? You put in people like the two people we've just mentioned. You're trying to justify, Graham, you're trying to justify um. Someone having poor ring psychology is what I'm is what you're saying, yeah. I don't. I didn't say they had poor ring psychology. You said they did. No, yeah, you're, we're saying that you're justifying it by saying big names sell tickets. Yeah, I, I think they're doing a great job though as well. I don't think that you think that they're doing a great job, which kind of surprises me. Graham, Graham, before we have an, uh, a full argument about this, in good cop, I like to remind you. How about you give me a good cop speech? Check? I was going to ask you what you thought about the toast sandwich that Rob said. I think we discussed it previously, but all right. Uh, let's have a look. What do I got for my speech? I don't have my clock with me, but I don't have much anyway. Uh, a report from Fightful states that Orange Cassidy has been promoted in AEW to producer slash agent. Uh, he produced the Infantry versus Kingdom match on Ring of Honor TV, as well as Big Bill and Brian Cage versus Trenton Seidel on Rampage. And um, I've not watched the TV show Heels. Um, I saw Stars had an introductory offer of $20 for six months so you can watch season one and season two. Not sure I'm going to do that, but I did see that season one is on Amazon Prime. So after we finish recording, after I've done my family things, I am going to go and watch season one of Heels. I don't think any of, any of us have talked about it specifically. I think I've heard general chatter that said it was good, um, but apparently it's only on Amazon Prime for a few more days. I couldn't find when it's been pulled, but that's a good cut moment. I got some wrestling related stuff that's not WWE that I can watch in the next few days. Awesome stuff. Fair enough. Ryan. <clears throat> begin talking. Uh I, I don't got much this week. Um, you know, Ooh, simple stuff. That. SummerSlam build has been great. Um, you know, I, I really think they're nailing it right here. Uh just to reiterate uh my exact words, Ricochet calling Logan Paul a prick on Raw. It was just, it, it, especially too in the PG era when that happens, your your ears perk up and you go, "What did he just say?" <laughs> uh, and then uh, just in general, uh, like we talked about earlier, Judgment Day's booking as the top heels, and not just as top heels, as the dominant force in the company. Phenomenal work with all of them. Um, still not sold on Dom's in ring. That's their weakest point. Dom needs to work on its in ring a little bit. Um, but he's a great punching bag right now. 
Priest, Balor, and Rhea are some of the best overall, any company, any promotion, on the mic, in this ring, just like that guy, Phil, would say. I'm done. I just want to add one thing um, in relation, because you just mentioned Dominic. Um, I did mention on Twitter, it's I, with me in, that, um, in Ohio right now, I didn't have as many things as I normally would have to entertain my time. Um, I did watch NXT for the first time in long, long uh, and um, I think Bishop did mention the fact that, oh, because of Dominic, that was definitely a factor. Uh, if That story definitely kind of got my attention. So, yeah, NXT was definitely a good cop moment for me this week, having not seen it in so long and thoroughly enjoyed it. Right. Okay. I'm going to rattle through mine relatively quickly. Um, LA Knight um, with a, what, like a burning hammer on um, Sheamus on SmackDown? Um, which is a move which I believe was outlawed in WWE, um, which is an inverted um, Death Valley driver. Um, not sure if it, it wasn't quite as wicked as one, but it certainly impressed me that he pulled it out. Um, EO Sky and Charlotte, what a match that was on SmackDown, and probably the best match of last week, um, on WETV at least. Um I'm going to quickly mention my boss, Adam Paris, um, popping up on another podcast um, over on, um, you can find it, it's called um, uh, Chew the Fat, um, the podcast is wonderful, hour and a half long, and it was just brilliant, uh, I might try and get on it myself, it's a really good show, um, and I was shocked because I was, um, I was today years old when I learned that LA Knight on the Indies was managed for several years by on the Indies by Percy Pringle, aka Paul Bearer. Oh, oh, okay. And in fact, a picture I got here was taken during Percy Pringle's last televised appearance at a Championship Wrestling from Hollywood show. He passed away a few months later. He managed Bay Knight, real name Sean Richter, for three years. Um, there's proof. Oh yeah, Matt's showing us the it, picture. Right now. It's one of my, uh, it's one of my favorite little bits of of wrestling trivia because a lot of people don't know that. But yeah, no, like, a you know, La Knight has been wrestling for about as long as Cena. <laughs> like, this guy's been in the business for twenty years, and he goes over naturally as well. Of a, and that's the thing too. He gets himself over. Everywhere he goes, that's the reason why they've changed that. Why he was turned from heel to face so quickly? No, 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 Matt. I disagree. He did not turn from heel to face. The crowd said, "No, no, no, no. He's a face. Screw yeah. you." And then they, 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 that's why he turned so quickly because they knew they had to let the crowd turn him naturally. Like they did, like the new day turned were turned face by the crowd. For example, yeah. this was a brilliant stroke. Um, and that's why they, that's why you can't put the best heel gimmick, money in, the, money in the bank, on a face. You can't do that. It just doesn't have that same effect. Every time a face is cashed in, it's been boring. I forgot to mention last week when I talked about WWE Fairfax. Yes. That um, pre-show, um, they played the WWE's top 10 moments from uh, SmackDown the night before. And I think LA Knight was six. Like he just came out for like a minute 30, just talked about not much, 
and the crowd were in the in the arena were cheering for LA. The all the level of the order audio went straight up when he was even just watching a video of him, the crowd were going crazy about him. So if if only he would have appeared at that show. So really good. The other thing I did see about LA Knight this week is he has four of the top five top selling t-shirts currently on WWE. Cody Rhodes has number one, but he has two, three, four, and five. That's uh, for, for that a moment he was years. For a moment, he was number one. He was number one, yeah. three, and four, and five. Yeah. Uh, so he did overtake Cody uh, for for a time. And that's for a guy who main roster and 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 this is this is not including maximum male models. Uh, has been main roster LA Knight for less than a year. Yeah, and he's literally the most over person. He he's the most organic superstar to use that term that I've ever seen since Austin, where people yeah. just went, "Oh yeah, that's my guy." LA Knight has been phenomenal success story for Triple H. Absolutely, um, I've never seen a crowd react like that. I'm gonna say it since Dwayne. And the fact that he even did a L.A. night, yeah, elbow drop. Um, in the same style as the uh, people's elbow. I saw a WWE short saying, what should we call this move? I'm like, who cares what he calls it? <laughs> he, he's over there, he could call it anything he wants, you know? Let me talk to you. The crowd just shuts up and listens. After shouting for about half an hour. <laughs> That was the other thing that I forgot about. Uh, man, I'm terrible at writing stuff down, apparently, this week. While I was watching NXT, and actually, I think I don't think I noticed it. I think I saw it afterwards. Somebody mentioned it on Twitter. It used to be, and it, also because you just mentioned Austin as well. When the, when the people are cutting their promos in the ring, it's normally, what? What? At NXT, it was actually, yeah. They were doing, they were mimicking LA Knight. And so he's not even on NXT. I don't think he's appeared on NXT yeah. for who knows how long. But that's it, how over he is right now. The crowd it, are buying into it. It happened a lot with the big thing time for the moment. It was Austin for so many years. Then when Daniel Bryan got the yes thing going, it was yes, 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 obviously. Um, then the Wops came back every now and again. But now it's, yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. It does make me smile a little bit, though, because Maximum Male Models was a big failure in terms of for, for Marseille and Mansoir. Yet the two managers were just skyrocketed. LA, LA, obviously, Max Dupree reverted to LA Knight and it has become, well, as huge as he is. But it's Max Dupree doing a great job over on Raw. We have Alpha Academy. Absolutely I'm behind the gimmick on that side of things. And where are men to my mouth say? Nowhere to be seen. Repackage I, them. Got I some. guarantee they're off TV right now, so they can repackage them either back into it like a um like uh oh shit. What what the hell was that faction called anyways? Retribution. Yeah, like a retribution style tag team or something. Like do uh, something a little darker with them. Or I mean, both of them are 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 talented and you can split them up and do singles run with both of them but i think the male tag division needs a team needs more teams right now so that's a i they just had the perfect there. person for it they had tyler breeze 
Tyler Breeze is actually sitting in catering right now because they won't let him go to AEW. Tyler Breeze technically doesn't... He's under a Legends contract. Then make him a manager. Do it. Yeah. Well, he's you actually... Make the money. Uh, he's returning to the indies. Uh, he is wrestling again. Um, but hopefully, I think eventually he will be back. I think Triple H will bring him back as an in-ring. But anyways, I think we're... Uh, t- to quote Taz, but I digress. Absolutely, and maybe it's time when we 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 focus further and sip it bad. Good. Bad. Graham, start talking bad stuff, please. Oh boy, I'm gonna regret how this one's gonna go, but hey, I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, I watched CCW this week, which definitely is not a bad cop moment. Mm. Um, except this was a live show, and then it was put out later on Title Match Network for you to catch up on. Um, Alyssa Milano was commentating, but no Ella J though. Um, it was a live stream, and Ella J did talk about the fact that she normally does the commentary two days afterwards, so we did not get Ella J. And it reminded me while I was watching this, there was something that came up that a, a Facebook post I saw about six weeks ago from, I wish I could remember who it was, somebody who I follow from the Indies. They posted basically the quote saying, um, in the free, I don't know, the free event talk, everyone's going to get like, I don't know, eight minutes. And they're like, okay. And then they discuss what they're going to do, blah, 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 blah. First team that comes on, they go 20 minutes. So they've already gone over. It screwed over with everyone's time. Everyone has to cut down on their time, blah, blah, blah. And the comment was basically, look, don't be a dick if you're up first. You just you don't get to show every move that you've got. You just show what you can in the eight minutes. Now, my thought with this was, if you were doing that, as a person who's booking, would you ever employ those people again? If you've given them instructions for the opening match that you're going to have eight minutes and you've taken 20 minutes, to me, that tells me you're not reliable. And I personally wouldn't book those people again. Yet you screwed over your fellow wrestlers again. But to me, those people would not be wrestling anymore. Anyway, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. The second thing that links into CCW is I noticed, and I, I can't think of another organization that does this. Ryan will tell me about five in a second. They actually had a clock and it showed you the length of the match. So most of the matches were fairly short. They were under 10 minutes. So obviously the wrestlers can look up at the clock and see like, oh, shoot, we're like seven minutes. We need to kind of wrap this up pretty quickly. So a couple of things for you guys to talk about. And you can take this away from me. Um, The idea with the clock. Um, is that a good thing so they can see where it's at? Uh, is that a bad thing? Because you don't really want to be looking up at the clock. You want to be focusing on the match. And people whose matches are running over, isn't that really the responsibility of other people as well? Like, isn't the ref playing some part of that as well? Like, hey, look, you're at six minutes. You need to wrap this up right now. So there was a few kind of unsure cop moments in there. Um, but yeah, I'll throw it over to you guys. Cop thoughts, comments. Uh, uh, hold on. I, I have a quick question first. Now, this was... CCW Charlie Charlie Whiskey Capital Championship Wrestling Capital cha- Okay so not Coastal Championship from Florida no. No. Okay so you need to be more clear with that first and foremost cuz I'm researching Coastal Championship Wrestling out of Florida right now So next uh, time I say GCW I need to be very specific which GCW I'm talking about cuz if you want to go Georgia page, Championship like really, yes. three right now uh, well, are we talking about what's happening now or what happened fucking 30 years ago? Guys, 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 guys. I haven't got time to much arguing. Anyways. Matthew, Matt, didn't I mention the fact that LJ commentates for this group as well? And if Ryan had been listening to us, as he should have been, as he always should do, then he would have known exactly which uh, CCW I was talking whilst, about. Well, whilst, whilst Ryan is getting his facts in order, I'll give my quick opinion piece, um, which is... Um, just playing a clock is dangerous. Um, if one proof of that, um, do you remember when 
Seth and Dolph had an Iron Man match um, to for the uh, Intercontinental Championship a couple of years ago. Uh, great match to end the show with, obviously, and yes, obviously, any with one put with in a one in one full in a one full separation because it always does an Iron Man match. But the fact of the matter is, is that every single time the clock was displayed for everyone to see, the crowd were chanting down 10, 9, 8, 7, right down to 3, 2, 1. But then they went Aah! like the Royal Rumble every fucking minute. <laughs> yes, so I remember. That is bad, bad idea. Personally, I wouldn't do it. And my and I have seen firsthand, yes, it is the referee's responsibility to make sure they know when they're taking it home. Um a little peep behind the curtain. I was privy to the um to the timings for CXW. Um I asked them, I asked I specifically asked to be included this time because I wanted to make sure that I knew the order wasn't and I could make appropriate calls for certain things. Um, but you know, that's not uncommon for people on the team to, to know about that sort of thing. That's fine. I'm not gonna reveal it to the public what was on them because that's you know quite a secret sort of thing. Um if you listen to Paris's appearance actually on um the Jeff mentioned Shoot a Fat show, he's actually asked by the host um if he's had difficulty with wrestlers before. Um I'm not gonna say what Adam's answer was, I wanted to listen to the show. Um so but um my personal opinion is if I was booking a show and people couldn't stick to timings and it was all agreed beforehand, you don't go over. You know, if if you give them 15 minutes, that's your 15 minute slot. That includes your entrances, your exit, and the match, and any promo you cut. That time is it for a reason. Could it be for noise pollution reasons? Could be for any number of reasons. You've got to get everything into the card. The last thing you want is to have to drop matches, especially indie shows. Especially indie shows. Let's not forget, of course, um, I forget which match went long at WrestleMania um, when um, Brodus Clay came out, WrestleMania 29, did and danced. He may have a match with Heath Slater at WrestleMania, and it got dropped because the match before went long. Now, I believe that was Randy Orton's match with... Was it Randy Orton versus Kane, um, Ryan? Yes. No, I'm not. I've given up on that entirely. I have an opinion, and I'm going to stick with it. Um, I believe you're right, Matt. Yeah, it, it, it went long, so they, had, they dropped his match completely. And if it hadn't been for Cena going to the bathroom, Brodus Clay wasn't even going to come out and do a, do, a, do a dance. So John Cena going to the bathroom is why Brodus Clay got on the show at all. So people stick to your fucking times. Fine. So uh, I'm going to take it in a different. Obviously, when it oh, comes to <clears throat> when it comes to time time limits for matches, I mean they just need to be they need to be handled. But you know there are t- there are historical moments where going over was really important. SummerSlam '98, uh, The Rock went over in his ladder match with Triple H. Ref told him to wrap it up. He said, no, 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 we need five more minutes. Uh, and he was worried Vince was going to tear him a new asshole. And Vince just kind of looked at him and said, hell of a match. Because <laughs> he he knew it was right for the match. It needed that extra five minutes. Kind of an asshole move, but honestly, it skyrocketed his career. Because it was after that that he kind of became that guy. But 
Um, the timing thing, having the clock visible, that reminds me of TNA back in the day. They wanted to be more sports oriented. So they had the like boxing style ticker at the bottom that had the length of the match um you know counting up obviously you know how long how long it's going and it was uh i I think jeff jarrett actually said that it was a bad idea because like like matt said it's just distracting it's something else but they wanted it to look like a football game or a baseball game with something else on the screen so they said oh match time and you know there were some other like bits of information there it didn't add anything to it and honestly i agree it was distracting anyways um, so not a fan. I mean, uh, even for, for Iron Man matches, I don't think they, they should be showing how long's left. They can show that's also the reason you have a ring announcer. You know, 30 minutes have elapsed, 30 minutes remaining. You know, yeah. 50 minutes elapsed, 10 minutes remaining, five minutes remaining, one minute remaining. That's your and plus if you need to fudge the time a little bit because something's not going right, you can. If you show a clock on the screen, you um, can't do that. I've proven with Graham with um, the devil's advocate clock every week. You can't, you've got, you've got a stick to 20 seconds because we can see the clock. Um, again, um, it's really important to stick to timings because I think, granted, it worked right for, for, for the rock, but um, they were able to juggle out of it because Vince had control of the pay per view, at least. Um, this. But for any shows, five minutes, an eight minute show to an tw- eight minute match or a 20 minute match, that's quite a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I had a few thoughts afterwards. Like, to begin with, I actually thought it was good because I was like, that can help younger wrestlers. People on the indies, obviously, they're still learning the trade. But then afterwards, like I said, you, like you said, it's a distraction. I thought that as well. But if you're trying to move up to the next level, you're not going to get that at the next level because that's just not there. Perhaps there's more a clock that's hidden somewhere that might be a little... That's possible. But I thought, yeah, perhaps you're not practicing what it's really like. Now, Ryan, I know you did some training as a wrestler. I did actually wonder if that's something that's that's even done like okay guys get in the ring spa go ahead put it get to a match but stop when you think it's like five minutes or tell me how long you think or stop at a certain point how long do you think this match is is that something that you have any idea of at all uh, i didn't nothing that. nothing in my training uh ever ever really crossed that to be fair i what's that matt um if you i know you haven't in your training but i've witnessed um wrestlers walking through a match If I wasn't so rudely interrupted, you would have heard the second part of that sentence. (laughs) Christ. Anyways. Don't pause for breath. He'll jump straight in. I muted him. (laughs) (laughs) It was not part of my training. However, I I was not trained at a school. I was trained by a wrestler in a ring in their yard and they were not fully trained in my opinion and it was matt tremont i would dude if i had trained under matt tremont (laughs) a it would have been crazy because i'm actually i think two years older than he is uh b uh i'd be dead now (laughs) because i would have been like let's do it motherfucker um anywho uh yeah no but but um so uh, Matt, as you can, not Matt, 
I'm sorry, the other guy, Graham, as you can attest, uh, I was often on camera at Beyond shows. You could often see me standing there at ringside because I stood across from the camera. And one of the reasons I stood there is because I would often chat with the greatest ring announcer in the history of ring announcing, Mr. Rich Palladino. Uh, And standing near him, I also got to see that side of things because he was also the timekeeper so and i would see those little moves where you know one two two and the ref points at rich saying it was a two count and rich would do something like point at his watch or hold up three fingers or something he was signaling we got three minutes go and the ref would then say usually the immaculate Kevin Quinn would go, oh, you know, three minutes. Hey, hey, we got three minutes left, motherfuckers. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. All right. Um, you know, so so like, and that was really cool to see because that's, you know, you you guys know me. I love the inner workings. Um, I love seeing how that I, I love the little things. Um and and yeah, so I mean, like Beyond's always been good with timing from what I can tell, but there have also been times I could see where you know, Rich was like, tap the watch. Let's go. We need to wrap like now, not not in five minutes now. So, yeah. I've never seen Paris do that, which is probably a good thing <laughs> at CXW. Although you, one, one could probably say Paris maybe wrap up a little bit sooner than five hours. Um, it's, never, it's never been a five hour show at CXW, thank goodness. Um, one thing I talking about the clock uh, as a distraction you never want your you never want people to not be looking at the action if they're looking at the clock they're not what they're having in the ring they're missing part of the story that's being told or they're missing the big finish that can happen sometimes I someone actually looked away and missed the finish before I know because that was me at Madison Square Garden so <laughs> well, you, you and every single person who was watching Blood and Guts on television because their production crew didn't show the finish. That's, a, that's, because, a, that's another you know. story, of course. Mm. But um, yeah, I've, I watched um, Rudy Root and RD Singh at Let's Have It walk their way through the match, which was amazing. I watched the virus and Rudy do the same thing this time, this last time. This last one as well, I also was privy to the fearless flatliner um, talking way through his match with Leonardo Darwin. Um, Leonardo Darwin, who is known for being a hardcore wrestler with Rise. And these, and I remember the exact words that flatliner, who's been in the business for 20 years, um, said, like, the first word he said to Leonardo Darwin, like, right, what's this fucking idea you've got, you bloody idiot? Actually, said worse than that, but I can't not gonna say it was ridiculous. The words that came out of his mouth um, about about um, what Darwin had in mind, and well, you know now because it was Darwin's gonna take two sting faces, and he did. One of them was from a five hundred and forty pound man, and my commentary rings true. That's the biggest crack I've ever seen in my life. Ryan, what you got for your main bad cop moment? So I'm breaking the rules. Because it wouldn't be me if I didn't. I have two. 
one's really quick and the other is more explanation. So yeah, the first one, CJFAT, right? Nope. This is this is more important because Matt, you will understand why I had to include this. Okay. Well, well, I'll hear you out. So, bad cop. Conan's take on Bray on the latest episode of whatever the hell he calls his podcast. That's and I quote, I agree, yeah. Big Bray Wyatt fan, but he's too much trouble. He's got mental health issues. His matches aren't good, and as creative as he is, $3 million for what he's doing, yeah, get rid of him. Now, the only issue I have with that is why are you attacking from having mental health issues? You sound like a fucking idiot. Shut up. You were never really relevant. You've been a mid-carder your entire career. And who the fuck do you think you are? You're just jealous you're not making $3 million. He's riding, he's, he's ridden Ray, Ray and Dominic's now um, coattails for yeah. the last 20 years. Most of his career. So I just needed to get that out. And I felt like that needed to be spotlit. Like that couldn't be a speed check. That had to be said. Um, but there's not much to say about it. Conan's kind of an asshole period. This is the same reason he's in people's DMs asking him if they listen to his podcast. Twice to me! Twice to me! Um, So... No! I for for my for my main bad cop, I, I, I am channeling my inner Conrad Thompson, and we are going back to, again, second time in this episode, uh, SummerSlam 1998. And we are going to discuss, this is the second uh, yeah, the second read, match. Ryan, have you just reached some of them 1998 on your, on your actual video watch through by any chance? I am. That makes sense now, yes. Okay. <clears throat> this is the second match on the card, and it is um, a handicap match between Kai and Tai. Uh, and this Kai and Tai is Dick Togo, Menstilo, Shofunaki, and Takamichinoku. Bless you. Versus the Oddities, uh, Giant Silva, uh, Kurgan, and Golga. So first, let's start off with the people who are in the match. The biggest bad cop moment is Golga, if you don't know, is John Tenta. The man who cannot catch a break in 20 years to not have a shitty gimmick. Like, this man cannot catch a break. Um, I was a big John Tenta fan. And like, I, you know, I loved Earthquake, that kind of stuff, probably the best of it. But he always got the worst fucking gimmicks, no matter where he was. WCW, WWF, didn't matter. He got bad gimmicks. Um, Golga being one of the worst. Um, now, the issues with this is, you know, the 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 tallest person in Kai and Tai is five foot eight. Uh, Giant Silva, meanwhile, is seven foot four. Uh, Kurgan is seven feet and uh, and, uh, Mr. Tenta, I believe is like six, five, but he's, he's big. He's a big dude. Yeah. So it's already one of those giants versus cruiserweight kind of things, which I'm already not a fan of. Now, the issue with this match, this match goes over 10 minutes long for what should be a four minute squash. Again, timing people. Now to, to give you a general idea of how, how long that match is x-pac versus jeff jarrett uh in a hair versus hair match was just over 11 minutes long edge and sable versus jacqueline and mark marrow was eight minutes and 26 seconds long ken shamrock versus owen hart in a lion's den match was nine minutes and 15 seconds long 
Uh, the New Age Outlaws versus Mankind Falls Count Anywhere uh, was five minutes and 17 minutes long. But we had to give almost 11 minutes to the Oddities versus Kayentai. I'm watching this, and obviously it's been years and years since I've watched this show, and I'm like, oh, squash match, whatever. And then it kept going and going and going. And I just, I was, I was shocked. I was shocked at how long this match went on. And it kind of reminded me of Vince's booking of Omas when he first showed up. There were a couple squash matches, but then they tried to actually get him to do matches. And I'm like, well, it's been six minutes. Why, why is this still happening? Well, Graham had last week at Fairfax, didn't it? Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, that show, like, SummerSlam 98 is a phenomenal show. I still say, like we were saying, it's a career-making show for The Rock. Um, Because him and Triple H go 26 minutes in a ladder match. One-on-one. That's a brutal match. Yeah. Um, But the oddities versus Kayentai, I cannot abide by that being almost 11 minutes long uh, with... 2,000 pounds versus, like, 500 pounds. Not going to work for me. It's not great, is it? No. Um, But, yeah, that's the one I needed to talk about more because I don't want to give Mr. Nan uh, more more of our time on the show. Well, that's taking care of my speech at the moment. That's that's perfectly fine by me, sir. That's what I got. Matt? Um, Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Graham, Graham. One thing. Um, I apologize. I probably missed the last four, four to five minutes of what you said, Ryan. Uh, but I'll make sure I listen on the podcast to catch up. And the reason I missed it was I had to do a little bit of research yourself. While you were listing the members who were in, uh, oh, is Kai and Ty, is that what they were called? Yeah. yeah. You Indeed. You mentioned the name uh, Taka Michinoku. And it suddenly was like, oh, it suddenly everything came together. Um, Aspen Rose, who used to wrestle at Nova Pro, uh, Aspen the Mermaid on Twitter. Uh, the name above that is Tarko Michinoko. And I never realized what that was. I didn't know that that was a wrestler's name. So there's my idiot Eureka well, moment. Matt, I like to share things like So, so you I've... didn't know that Taka, Taco Michinoku was making light of Taka Michinoku? No, I had no the, idea. The, the man who literally that. invented the Michinoku driver, the man who oh, ran Michinoku <laughs> Pro in Japan, <laughs> and, and he invented the Michinoku driver when he was, what, 17, 16 yeah. years old? Oh, wow. Taka Michinoku is a legend. Uh, the best Royal Rumble. The best Royal Rumble elimination of all time was Taka getting tossed like a bag of shit over the top rope and landing face first on the mat. It's it's insane. Uh, point of order, Ryan. Um, whilst yes, Taka went flying, he was not actually in the rumble. That's true, actually. <laughs> he was sent flying, but he wasn't in the rumble. Kind of meant to keep coming in throughout the rumble, but Taka got a concussion and was taken to hospital, so Funaki came out on his own for next for the next time it was meant to happen. It was so funny. It was funny on that sort of things, but I didn't like the fact that Jerry Lauder made made light of it so many times. Tucker landed head first on the ground, and they kept showing replays of it. Wouldn't happen nowadays, of course. But um, uh, well, well. To be fair, Jerry Lawler, the second worst commentator of all time. So, well, I'm going to come to that. Actually, that's a perfect lead-in, right? He's done it again for me. My Whoa. main bad cop moment. 
I want to vote Charlie Caruso. Former backstage commentator for WWE, of course. Um, her contract was not renewed in 2021. Um, now, the reason why she's come here, because, yes, she's at WWE, but also something about her, which Ryan is not going to be happy about. Um, she is very publicly anti-vax and proud. Now, obviously, on this show, I've made very clear that many times that if you're anti-vax, you're an idiot, personally. Uh, very happy to have all my injections during COVID and everything like that. Um, she's blamed that on a lot of people um, not being well um, in various other sports. She works with ESPN and yeah, 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 yeah. So that's bad enough in that side of things. But here's the bad cop moment. I found out the reason why um, well, her leaving is why Vince hired Kevin Patrick. Kevin Patrick, who Ryan detests so badly. I'm going to mute hired, myself until you're done talking. Was hired because Charlie Caruso didn't resign with WWE and she left the company. So you can blame Charlie Caruso for having Kevin Patrick in the company, Ryan. Go ahead, sir. Kevin Patrick was acceptable as a backstage correspondent because all he's doing is ladies and gentlemen my guest this time the undertaker i don't know why he has a weird southern accent but just ignore it um it was fine it's a backstage guy you know the same thing with byron i think byron does a great job backstage on yeah. commentary, not so much. He was okay, but not great. At this point, I will take Byron Saxton and Byron Saxton over Kevin Patrick. I'm not going to rant for that long. Um, I do hate Kevin Patrick, though. Really, we we, we hadn't told, uh, but I have now got my <laughs> I have now got my title for the episode that we did. Kevin Patrick is acceptable <laughs> as a backstage correspondent. Oh no, 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 no context. But people are shooting. That will grab people's attention for sure. <laughs> right, Graham, what's your speed check for bad cops, sir? Um, just a couple of short things. Once again, I'm throwing this back to you. I feel in a minute, but hey, um, Adrian Adonis getting heat. This is from Dark Side of the Ring, Series Four, Episode Six. Um, basically by saying I'm gay. So we talked about it last week. The fact that the person, uh, said Anthony Bowen said I'm gay in the ring, and everyone responded positively. But then you go watch that Dark Side of the Ring, and he says I'm gay, and it was to generate heat. Just shows you how times have changed within that period of time. And rather random one watching series three of alias on dvd and um once again not expecting to see wrestling wrestling comes up the undertaker's music comes up now i've watched dvds with subtitles on and i have to admit i'd missed this lyric um in the undertaker this is the Amer this is the uh, american badass uh, theme tune now as i've tried to research this on youtube it seems like there's multiple different versions and i'm sure matt will tell me every single one but the reason this caught my eye was and Matt's smiling, so he might already know. Um, the, so it says, all right, partner, keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. And then it's keep rolling, 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 rolling. What's the next word, Matt? Now I know, no, y'all be loving this shit right here. L-I-M-P. 
Biscuit is right here. It, Anyways, now, there's lots of different versions. The one they played well, on the, Alias, mm-hmm. the next words were chocolate starfish. Now, yeah. I, 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 right, let me, let me, let me, let me think. Uh, you remember the version here? Like, 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 all right, partner, keep on robbing. You know, it is. Uh, bis- so- um, chocolate starfish. Keep on rolling, baby. Ah, that's that version is the urban assault vehicle version, which is from the album Chocolate Starfish to Hot Dog of Water. I wasn't expecting, and I'm not particularly, I don't pay always pay attention, great attention to theme tunes, but I wasn't expecting to see the phrase Chocolate Starfish in um, an Undertaker. That, that's the, that's the, the whole, I mean, you don't sound like you were a big Limp Biscuit fan uh, uh, back in the early aughts. You did throw me off, Graham, slightly because you said American Badass song. I'm like, he had Kid seven, Rock, yeah. He, he had a he had, quite, he had Kid Rock. He had um, You're Gonna Pay, um, and he had Limp Biscuit, obviously. So which one it was? I wasn't sure until you mentioned that. I was like, okay, got your sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird you mentioned Alias because it's just become available, I think, on Disney Plus. Um, so um, that's um, something definitely worth going back uh, and on channel four in the UK, it's now available completely free as well. If you haven't got Disney Plus, so no excuse not to watch it. Eight is a good show, Ace but listening good... to the rest, looking back at the rest of the lyrics for that song, which I'm not going to read out because it was supposed to be 90 seconds, very suggestive song. I hadn't really noticed. I'm yeah, assuming so it's like chocolate li- limp biscuit, uh, does not often write songs that are necessarily politically correct. <laughs> Oh uh, no, they they were very much not. Um there's a reason why that album was such a big hit because people might I was a teenager back then, Graham, when that when that when that album came out. Uh I I would Woolworths and bought it. That's long ago it was Woolworths in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, which is now long gone, unfortunately. F F in the chat for for Woolworths. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see why it caught your attention, Graham, because it's quite because um, everybody knows Rolling. Yeah, did not pick up on Chocolate Starfish ever before. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Graham, another another line would be, um, oh god, give me give me one second. Um, so shut the call. fuck up. You better back the fuck up before <laughs> we fuck this track up. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of f bombs. They have they have a song called Hot Dog. That is literally just him talking about how everything's fucked up. And he says, fuck something like 50 times. At the point he tells you, he says, if I say fuck two more times, that's 46 fucks in this fucked up rhyme. (laughs) Yeah. So, Ryan, would I be right in thinking that you have a lot of uh, Limp Biscuit in your music collection? I, I, so. I actually have it to hand. Uh, oh yeah, yes, you do. That's the album. Uh, I I'm a I'm a big Limp Biscuit fan um, for a couple of reasons. A, it was a, a product of the time that was popular music. You know, when I was hey, you, you can know, never do in, it now. Yeah, just getting just getting into high school and stuff like that. Um, and I was a big new metal fan, anyways. I liked that genre of music. I liked that harder, heavier, and them mixing hip hop with rock was a lot of fun. But the other side of that is I have uh, had the opportunity to meet and to chat with Fred Durst, the lead singer, on yeah. a couple of occasions. And I, I, I always say because people always, you know, talk shit like, "Oh, f- fucking Fred Durst, Limp Bizkit, huh?" 
it's a character that he plays on stage. You he is cool. one of the friendliest, nicest people I have ever met. Um, I think he's here's Thorn Blade job show, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, he is. Uh, uh, here's the story I always tell. Um, so, uh, Graham, you're familiar with the band Nickelback, I'm assuming. Unfortunately. Yeah. So Nickelback, the lead singer is Chad Kroger, Chad Kroeg, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, all, all of these people under the record label were at like a Make-A-Wish thing. And a sick kid wanted to meet Chad from Nickelback, but he didn't like whatever illness this kid had. So he wouldn't go over there. And Fred Durst was like, fuck that shit and went over and just hung out with this kid. And that, that's a wow. good guy thing. That's a good cop moment right there. Yeah, can I say, actually, tag on to that quickly for there. Who goes to a Make-A-Wish thing and says, I'm not doing that? Yeah. I mean, wow. Nickelback is pretty mentioned- terrible beginning to end, but that just seals yeah. the deal. Yeah, I mean, if, when, 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 people, when people talk about, like, the first Spider-Man from back in 2002, Chad Kroger did the song for that, um, Hero, with Josie Scott. From Saliva. And that's a much... And I've, I've listened to Saliva all day long. That's sort all of the great, comparatively speaking. Yeah. And, and yeah. another... Josie Scott comes off as a good guy, too. He yeah. left Saliva, and they replaced him, and he was like, good for them. I'm glad they're still going. I'm glad the band moves on. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't, you no. know, oh, fuck you, you took my band, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. I've seen Saliva a number of times. Great band, great albums, fucking, you know, and luckily, tying it back to wrestling, they did uh, I Walk Alone, which was Batista's theme song. Yeah. Yeah, Machine Gun, those titties. I don't know. <laughs> I was asking if you had a lot of music, because I was going to say, I only have one Limp Biscuit song on my uh, iTunes, and I'm guessing it's not a song that you have on yours. I'm. Can I guess it? I guarantee uh, can... it is. The version, probably have the song, but I don't think he has the version. Either. Um, I, I'm torn between two. Okay, behind blue eyes. No, and faith. No, they covered faith, but in the old the old George Michael song. I... until they got to the chorus where it went like, "You gotta have some." So, so Graham, I, I'm gonna guess. Is it "Take a Look Around"? Um, it is not. And I'm posting the link in chat so you can find it. Uh, it's uh, Limp Biscuit versus Thomas the Tank Engine uh, singing uh, Break Stuff. I love the song; it's, it's amazing. That's the I, only Limp Biscuit song I have on my iPod. I mean, it's not. That's a mashup. That's that's not yeah, even technically a Limp no, Biscuit. That's why I said I know you didn't have it. Probably I said haven't got my way. They probably haven't got my way on their Graham to fair. The theme song for WrestleMania 17, probably the best WrestleMania theme song of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, Graham, I, I do have to ask: Is it Limp Biscuit lyrics with Thomas the Tank Engine music, yes, or is yeah. it okay? Yeah. So that 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 is funny because that is not a uh, PG song. No, uh, no granted, That's why I like it. <laughs> I always loved how Thomas the Tank Engine had the filthiest comedian of all time as George the conductor. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was so funny. Yeah, I don't know who that was. George, George Carlin is an American comedian. You know Ringo Starr, probably. Ringo Starr. We also had another guy called Michael something after that. Um, anyway. Um, I think I might have gone over 90 seconds. I apologize. Well, that's okay. That's like, that's more than fine, Graham. It's more than fine. Uh, Ryan, what's your speed shape, bad cop? Yeah, you better not time me. Uh, <laughs> no. 
Uh, that would and be, honestly, be real shitty, Craig, if you did after that. So, uh, and I've actually have quite a few. Uh, first, I'm going to start with another Dark Side of the Ring. Um, the mm. reports coming out that, uh, or David Pinzer was saying that Hannibal, uh, the guy who was interviewed about the Abdul the Butcher hepatitis C scandal, mm. uh, that apparently he's pretty hated, and he it's not because of that; it's because he himself is kind of a piece of shit. And I feel like it was. Dark side kind of made him look like the victim, and it definitely was a bad situation. But it that doesn't give him the right to be a piece of shit. So that's a problem. Um, Jungle Boy using Beethoven's Fifth as his new theme song. I think that's uninspired. I think it's stupid. I don't understand why that was the decision that was made. Uh, just not a fan of it. Also, um, he got moment. So. Uh, uh, having watched Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, uh, there's still no distinction between AEW and Ring of Honor. It makes me care less about both of them. Um, and to wrap it up, yep, to wrap it up, we're going a little non-wrestling. The Mattel Cinematic Universe, uh, Hollywood just doesn't learn. Just because Barbie did well doesn't mean you should greenlight 14 movies about Mattel properties. This is this is the cost-cutting measure that Hollywood needs to take. You need to stop greenlighting. I don't think you understand, everyone understands how much a spec script costs. So let's say they're writing 14 spec scripts for these 14 movies that they may or may not make. These scripts could be $100, 200 $500,000 a piece just to write the scripts for a movie that may or may not get made. Do you know who owns Mattel nowadays? Um, I do. I want to say I saw it, but I can't remember. Hasbro. Oh, yes. I did know that. Who own the Power Rangers um, universe now and are, and are set to reboot the universe, apparently. We'll wait and see on that side of things. We haven't got time to talk about it right now. No time for another show, I think, that one. Matt, I would like to throw in one last moment because I'd forgot about it. I, didn't, didn't write that. I watched Impact. And uh, it goes straight into the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it was the climax of the G1. And it was a Carter versus somebody who you hate. So I'm just going to say his name is Bill. And thoroughly enjoying this match, but forgot it cuts off. It was two hours and 45. I got to see the first 45 minutes of the match. No idea who won the match. But that's what I get for not recording the New Japan Pro Wrestling stuff afterwards. Bad, I, re- bad. I, re- I recommend you listen to Band from Ringside then, Graham, because the boys talk about it on there. There you go. There I would go. like to watch rather than just listen to because it was a good Of course, match. of course. But our boy JCB um, and, of course, Bill did a great job of talking about it. So, But I saved you having to do an FU. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, uh, oh, now I'm with you. Yeah, fuck you, Osprey. Okay, right. Um, thank you for that. Right, I'm going to, to um, be quick with my if I can. Um, <gasps> um. To the, to the guy who fought Randy Orton being attacked by a fan in South Africa, uh, thought it was a work. Fuck you. Okay, seriously, you don't own a business, clearly, if you're doing that. Get out of it and let someone else do it properly. Um, we touched on um, Conan already. I'm not going to do that again. But I would mention, I should mention a good cop. Uh, Bray's going back at SummerSlam. Take his book for SummerSlam. He's going to bring him back at SummerSlam. So that's what everyone's thinking, and I'm hoping it happens. Um, I want to talk quickly about Bully Ray, who thinks that a dusty finish should be used for the match between Jay and Roman. So Roman keeps the belts. Uh, Jay doesn't deserve them, apparently, basically is what you're saying. I'm thinking, Bully, fuck off. Seriously, stick it up your fucking ass. 
Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is um, a tweet from Soraya, uh, which really pissed me off. Um, Soraya, I'm going to quote it, Graham, here. For half a minute, I'm going to do it. Met a real-life Twitter wrestling fan at the airport. He said, I'm a big fan of you. I said, sick. Thanks. And he said, well, actually, I'm a fan of Paige, not Soraya. I was like, 4am insult. Love that for me. He said, I just don't like AEW. I said, do you watch it? He said, never have. So I said, well, how do you know if I like it? How do you know if you like it or not? He said, I don't know. Can I take a picture? Uh, what a dick. What a dick. I at least have watched the products. Um, and to be fair, the in-ring stuff is decent. I'm not disputing that. Some of the, some of the production stuff need a bit of desire at times. I prove my blood and guts. But the guy, the guy who had the balls at four in the fucking morning to say that to someone who has just got back into wrestling after having a near life-ending neck injury, fuck you. I set the timer deliberately because I knew two of your moments had already gone because you mentioned that Ryan had stolen them and the fact that you said you were going to be super short. And whenever that happens, you never make it under a minute 30. So that was why I had to do the timer. And you didn't. You weren't even close. But yes, that was I saw that. I've got a minute 30 for something, Graham. Unlike unlike, unlike Chris on um, the chat grabbing cheap pops, uh, I need more than a minute and a half from Graham. Any 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 feedback about what I said or not? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, he's not. That guy's a dick. I agree. Good. Good. All right, we're gonna go to fan cop moments because I'm still here, so I'll help out this week since I've been shirking my duty the last couple of weeks. Uh, starting off with at Chad's underscore mind best cop moment. My son Atticus was born, and both he and my wife are doing great. And hashtag worst cop moment. The GIF versus GIF war rages on as one side begins to sound more and more like flat earthers. That that would be the former, I'm assuming. Um, I did comment bad cop moment. Obviously, I've been not I'm on holiday. I've missed that story from Chad. But yeah, excellent news. Congratulations to the family and on Atticus as well. We're very we're very very happy um to um over at D and J for him as well. Obviously, uh, obviously being in that chat as well is great. Um, and great to hear that Allison is doing so well. Obviously, uh-huh. of course, well. Ryan, do you want to do the next one? I will. I will indeed. As soon as there we go, my web browser comes back. <clears throat> um, let's go with. I'm going to go down near the bottom. Uh, we're going to go with our friend Justin, just in time, uh, 211 on Twitter, because I'm sorry, on X. Do a Twitter Twitter for me. Yeah, my phone updated today and I was not happy. Anyways, uh, best cop moment. Orange Cassidy continuing to be the best champion in AEW. You you can't dispute that. I mean, he's he's OC. Uh, Worst cop. AEW and WWE both this week having ranged from pretty bad and pretty mid. I don't necessarily agree, but I definitely see where he's coming from on that. Right, I'm going to go with the Scottish Juggalo, our friend Danny, who let down in Kent about Scottish as a haggis is made by an American. Um, A good cop moment. Um, Today is the 20th anniversary of WWE Vengeance 2003. The pay had an excellent triple threat main event. 
With that in mind, what's your favourite triple threat match of all time? You never even asked a question like that in in, in fan cop, Graham. What's your favourite no triple threat match of all time? No idea. Ryan? Yeah, I, I would need at least a week to prepare oh. for that because I think I like there are so many good triple threat matches that just kind of I don't know. I I, 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 I that that yeah, it's, it's too on the nose right now. Too, not enough preparation for that one. Okay, we got for Graham. I can give you mine because I'd, I'd forgotten it was actually a tri- I always think of it as just a, a singles match, but it wasn't. It was a third out. It was the uh, Trish Dora match when she took the uh, uh, the the title at uh, Poor DC. It started off as a sing. It started off as a singles match, but somebody bought in, so it became triple threat. So for me, that just for the atmosphere and her winning, the reaction to her winning, that would be the best one that I have seen, perhaps uh, live. Perhaps there's better ones I've seen on TV, but that definitely springs out straight towards to me. Turn the one that's in live in person. Well, in lo- live in person, it would have to be um, um, uh, Zach Zodiac, Johnny Storm, and um, Jackson mm-hmm. Arrow from CXW. It was a great match. Get you to watch you guys on the channel. Go go watch it. In terms of one on TV, Steph versus Roman versus Brock was made thirty one because it lasted thirty three seconds. Brevity. It saved the show. <laughs> it did, and as someone who was there, that moment, it, it it's insane. And, and I wouldn't say it saved the show. That was a good show. If you go back and watch that, there's a lot of good stuff happening in that show. Yeah. But that main event was, oh, it's Roman and Brock until Seth came out. Then it was something special. Yeah. That triple threat moment. It's only 35 seconds long, that triple threat part. But it was brilliant. I'm a bit mutton, Jeff. I thought you said Steph. I thought it was Stephanie McMahon. I was trying to think. I don't remember that match at all. They did. Steph was in a true threat match for the World Championship at one point, though. Graham it was on Monday Night Raw, but not the draft in 2002. She got pinned by Triple H after a spinebuster. Anyway, moving on to the bad cop moment from Danny. Uh, AEW really need to fix their sound quality. We have mentioned already in this show that production quality needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and get my ear trumpet in a second, but before I do that, um, technically neither a good cop moment or a bad cop moment, uh, but from Tiffany Queen of the Indies, um, I got to think about it. I'm a little lit right now. Uh, That was 21 hours ago, and I have no response since. I don't know. I I think that's a pretty good cop moment for me, Graham. I I said I think that's the good cop moment. You can get back to us on a bad cop moment. Ryan? Let's go with the former good guy. Now, just Dave. I, you know, it's it's these last names. I'm always bad at them. Pozevsky. It's funny because I am an. Never mind. We'll we'll get there another day. Best cop moments. Eddie Kingston living his dream in New Japan pro wrestling. Absolutely. Ha- I'm happy that Eddie Kingston finally seems to be happy. It's great. Um, the worst cop moment, the gross attacks against women in professional wrestling, which is so true. Um, I, I, I feel like I have this conversation so often. Um, it happens. It happened often with uh, Diana Perazu. She put on some weight. She's still a babe. Sorry. Uh, and now it's uh, Ty Valkyrie, um, who you know she she's a she's a thick girl. She's a babe like absolute babe and i always think that the people who like to say that woman is fat is the kind of person that woman would never fuck in the first place 
Ooh, yeah, indeed. <laughs> I'm going to go for Hill Cherry Jerry. That's all right, Graham, for my one. Um, best cop moment, John Cena's cameo was legendary. Legendary. That's a cameo in the Barbie movie, of course, Graham, you're talking about here. Worst cop moment, Kevin Owens is injured. And that's never good because we like Kevin Owens. And the fan cop moment for him is Margot Robbie because she's apparently is a wrestling fan. I did not know that. That's a cool cop moment. Yeah. Um, for sure. That's a real cool cop moment, for sure. And he and um, Cherry has actually uh, tagged in the post. So go check out the post, guys, on Twitter. Okay. And go check out Cherry Jerry's um, show on YouTube. Uh, when you talk about a bell movie, give him yep. give him a follow for us. Uh, Cy Powell, SJP Words, Good Cop, congratulations on five years. Give ourselves a little pat on the back right there. And uh, Bad Cop, WWE Network update, total shite. I was like, yeah, Peacock's had its issues as well. So both sides of the Atlantic having issues by the sounds of it. Ryan? First and foremost, to Cy just lucky you still have the network because peacock is even worse but now um just to be fair anyways um you know what we're we're gonna i'm gonna go with uh our, our good friend uh rob at utt rob a uh, good cop moment chavo guerrero thinks that the iron claw is oscar material bullshit what the fuck cop moment? Scroll getting booked. Agreed. Bad cop moment. Dave Meltzer thinks the Iron Claw isn't Oscar material. Oscar the Grouch, perhaps. Well, uh, as uh, I'm sorry, we just need to we just need to double check real quick. Uh, please uh, sound off if you went to film school. Oh, just me. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't mean to be. That puts me in a unique position to tell you all that the Oscars is bullshit in the first place. Well, the Emmys have been cancelled this week, so um, I, I, I'm. It's funny because uh, my stepfather is a big movie fan. It's one of the reasons him and I get along so well. Um, it is just. Uh, I mean, I guess he also makes my mom happy, so whatever. But um, mainly, it's <laughs> the movies. So uh, he does a thing where he watches every Best Picture nomination. Every year he watches everything, anything nominated for Best Picture, he watches. Um, which is funny because I'm the exact opposite. Because traditionally, if a movie is nominated for Best Picture, it's not my kind of movie. Um, and I just think that's a that's an interesting tidbit about me. Um, Midwest Wrestling Roundup podcast, which I think that's the first time I've ever said that correctly without stuttering, hesitating, or doing something else. Uh, at MWR Pod four one four, good cop moment. Looking forward to ICW Milwaukee. Uh, violence is the answer tonight. Well, if tonight, if it's uh, July twenty eighth, anyway, uh, it's going to be a banger for the insane eight go home show. And um, just checking him out, I don't see a bad cop moment for that one. So, are you surprised? No, of course not. I'm being facetious. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I believe it's. No, I do one. Oh no, done one so far. I don't mind taking a back seat. Only Hall of Famers are allowed to do fan cop moments. High five, Tom. Our high five, Tom. Good cop moment. G one and watching and texting with BFR with JCB and Brett Yeager. 
And Azar, uh, great court moment. Congrats on the five years. I may not be a day one, uh, but at least half of five years, if not more. And thank you, you know what? Uh, I think we should take a moment to thank all of the fans because I know I've worked long and hard over these past five years for Good Cop, Bad Cop. And you can make that a joke, but I have appeared on this show more than anyone who wasn't a co-host. If you say Mason or fucking Micah, I'll fight you. <laughs> Michael, I think Michael would be close. I think Micah's close. If it wasn't for the fact you've just done three episodes in a row, I think it would have been closer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, okay, next one, please. Yes. So I am going to take one that is near and dear to my heart. Um, <clears throat> our friend over at ROH Revelry. And by friend, I mean friends. I don't actually know who runs the account. Tom. Um, is it Tom? Yeah. I think I asked this last week, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, good cop moment this week's roh tv episode which of course stands for ring of honor television episode had steel cage warfare and hoping this is the blow off uh to the storyline p.s graham this will make way more sense after wednesday the thank you cop moment the the the, the wonderful the sensational sherry mattel and yours truly nish guy they appreciate how we did on-air research last week. I do it fucking wish to try and make sure. Like, what are you doing? I'm always on the I'm always on the pulse of a with the old um ask Jeeves button. Yeah, it's all good. And, and it was a, it was a genuine for real um as well. It was wonderful for sure. And we 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 always help out where we can. Um, who am I going to go to next? I think that, is it anymore? Oh yeah, well I'll do one then. I thought you did one. I thought it was back to me now. Um, yeah, 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 it is. Uh, I'm gonna go near the bottom. Well, on mine anyway. Uh, at Cast Menagerie, I think this is the first one from those. Uh, hashtag best cop moment. GCBC reaching their fifth anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, worst cop moment. We love you lot, but you've never done a full non-wrestling show for those of us who aren't into wrestling. Well, I think part of that is because we're called the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. That might have something to do with it. And then there was an additional bad cop moment that I hadn't followed them back. Um, I did actually follow... Uh, when I saw that, men, when I saw them, and I was like, oh, that's a name I haven't recognized. I did click on it, and I did follow them back before they called us out for not following them back. But in all fairness, if I see an account that's only got two tweets, sometimes I am a little bit suspicious that it might be a, a bot. So uh, apologies that's, that's, that. That's a fair comment on that side yeah. of things. But I was also in England at the time, so I did. if I missed a tweet, and unfortunately, I don't say unfortunately, since Ryan has joined uh, the cast, we do tend to have a lot more shit posts between the three of us arguing about nonsense, so it's very possible I might have missed a notification here and there on things very like that. Very possible, for sure. But I wouldn't change that for the world. I'm loving this. Uh, I feel called out. The dynamic's great, for sure. Um, regarding that, um, but bearing in mind we are racing towards episode 250, um, of course. And I did float the idea, Graham, about us having a non-resting episode for episode 250. And I might have already lined up some people for the chair, as it were, for as, as guests for it, if you are still interested or not. 
Um, we can discuss that at uh, time going forward, of course. Well, I hope it's not going to usurp it in any way, but I did mention to you guys earlier in the week that I am talking with another podcast, and we're going to do a... It has a, an, a wrestling element, but it's definitely not a wrestling podcast. Oh, absolutely, for sure. For sure. And it's I did mention that in the comments. I said we've... Uh, it's planned, but it's not scheduled right now. We've yeah, got we, a, have, a we have plans in the... We have plans in, in motion for a lot of... Um, we, as always, we collaborate on a lot of shows, to be fair. And I have, have one question to ask, though. The people who you've lined up like 20-sided dice. No. You Thank God for that. Maybe. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Greg, to be fair, a 20-sided dice, a lot of people like them, to be fair. Okay. Well, well it made it sound like it was like general members of the public, where I'm thinking, if it's coming from you, it's either Dungeons and Dragons, gaming, or, I don't know, volleyball. Or... Volleyball? Graham, I, mean, I have the same joke from last week. Graham, one of them is our good friend, Mr. Fitch. Ah, okay. Never okay. gave him a wrestling show, is he? But this is a wrestling disgust as something that needed to happen. Absolutely. But it, whether we could are, you, are you guys going to try to get me to talk about football or something? No. Well, if, no it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a, basically anything in the world is a good cop moment that week, probably. That's dangerous. That is that, dangerous. Pushing a bad goal. <laughs> you said multiple people. Even with just Fitch, that's going to be a ridiculously long episode. You said I'm, multiple. I'm thinking I've got three lined up. Yeah. <laughs> no devil's advocates that week. No, I'm not asking for fan cop moments. Won't need them. Won't need them. But um, yeah, um, it's a good it's a, it's a good way of, of plugging on a show anyway. Um, we're not going to need to plug anyone's show. Thank you, everybody, for getting in touch this week. I believe everybody accounted for. On a fan cop side of things? Uh, well, as soon as no one wants to read it, I'll read Dan Griffin's then. Best cop moment, Impact announcing their first UK tour since 2016, and that their Newcastle show will be in partnership with North. And I saw a follow-up tweet later, I think Dan mentioned the fact it looks like he can go to every single one of these. Uh, he was looking at trains, hotels, etc., etc. And uh, worst cop moment, having had time to keep up with the G1 properly. He's going to even less time to keep up wrestling up next, given that starting this coming Thursday, live on SJP World Media, the volley will be live. Woo! 3 p.m. Eastern time for Virgin America, 8 p.m. UK. We're going to start as we need to go on by talking about football on that show. So Ryan has not got to into it on this show. What's a football? I was at the Football Hall of Fame, Martin, yesterday. You would have really appreciated that, man. You could have done some great research. Let's go to Devil's Advocate. Good! Bad! I wonder if Ryan has more or less Devil's Advocates prepared than I currently have. I have one, which I just thought of a few moments ago. <laughs> and I have less. <laughs> I'm, and as always, I'm fully prepared. So here we go. As always, it's a time for sisters, brothers, and unbinary others. Please, why, will you... um? Bring your attention to us all here now for the Devil's Advocate Round. This is myself, Graham and Ryan. We've thrown ridiculous statements of wrestling theme to them, each other, to try and thumb each other for 20 seconds. Anyone out there who has a problem with what we're saying, take out with the DA, DA at Dying Format on Twitter. He is on overtime this week, given he had to help out Dungeon Junkies this week. We <laughs> have a legal issue. So, um, with shows that, I still haven't been invited on. The you don't play D&D. Are you, I just spent a bunch of money 
on another tabletop game because I play tabletop games. You, where'd you think that came from? Not playing Dungeons and Dragons and getting my ass kicked in high school? Because it sure came from getting my ass kicked in high school because I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. <sighs> right. We will talk later, sir, about that, but not right now. So, Graham, given that you may be assaulted at any point by a SWAT team of children, um, what <laughs> would you like to do first, sir? Um, I'm going to give the one that I have prepared to you, Matt. Well, I say prepared in a very loose sense. I have nothing written down. But I think it's perfectly reasonable for a fan to say that they don't like Soraya, having not seen her, for the exact same reason that you could say that you wouldn't like a shit sandwich. Well, this is the sort of thing... I can't defend that, Graham. I can't defend that. That's a disgusting, Graham. I'm going to try my best to... No, I can't defend it. I'm, I, I, I tap out. I tap out, Graham. You've obviously never tasted one, but it's the same logic. Obviously, it's not the same logic, but it was. It just seemed logical to me to come up with that. Okay, good. Wow. We used to keep track of how many you hadn't uh, managed to defend, but that's I, only the third one? At wow, the third the one, I've, in... at the third time, I've said no at the start. I gave up a couple of times Manchester through. Manchester City was uh, the last one, I think, right? Or... Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was just disgusting, Graham. Thanks for that. Grossed me out, so I wouldn't defend it. Well done. Well, well you're the chef, so yeah, the food one just seemed like an obvious one as well. All right, what you got for me? Okay, um, I had I've got a couple I could decide between. Um, that one's too obvious. Okay, this one for you. Okay, take a little setup, but bear with me. Um, I was gutted this week that Aliens was trending on X. And it wasn't referring to who used to be the greatest alien ever, Chris Statlander. This is for me? Yes. Okay. I, I, well, I totally lost interest because I thought you were talking to Ryan because that was his tweet. Um, obviously, Chris Statlander is the greatest alien. And I only heard the first and last part, so I don't I have no idea what I'm defending. Um, Twitter and X, you confused me with saying both of them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you even said, so I got it. Aliens what, do you want another go at it, Graham? No, I did. I thought you were talking to Ryan. It was his tweet. I was like, "Oh, I thought this was for you me." Really he said, "What said have you Graham. got?" He said, "What have you got for me?" So I read it. Too I, I did, but then you mentioned Ryan's tweet, so I thought it was for him. You using people's social media against them. I didn't know Ryan was. Um, I didn't know Ryan tweeted it. I'm sorry. I didn't know Ryan tweeted yeah, that. The, the the beginning of your your uh, devil's advocate is almost verbatim. Uh, the beginning of a tweet that I put out like two yeah. days ago. You're kidding. That's why I was totally confused. <coughs> yeah, but I was talking about how I was upset that the Alien movie franchise wasn't trending. Wow, I did not see that at all. That's awesome. That's why I thought I. That's why I no. tuned out because I thought you were talking. I was like, hold on, I thought you were doing it for me, and then I no, didn't no, to I did you. not know Ryan tweeted that at all. Yeah. That's that. That's that's wow. <laughs> that, that that's on me for not fully listening but i i got confused in the middle because i know you like to retweet you like to use devil's advocates of people's tweets and i, I thought it yeah it sounded almost exactly the same as the one that well i apologize so i have switched on notifications for for nish guy now on my thing just to make sure i don't miss any possible little gems i could use against him later wow can't i missed that one okay my bad um you two can trade uh while okay, I, I think of one Come See, I've got, I figured out one for Graham, but I haven't figured one out for you yet. Oh, um, that's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll take, go ahead. Okay. This is a non-wrestling, Graham. Um, the only proper way 
to perform your job is to do it without wearing pants. Well, as a teacher, that was something that I actually, uh, I can practice what I preach at this. This is a go back three years ago. We're on Zoom right now. How do you think I was teaching during a pandemic on Zoom? And as TV producers as well, you don't need to be wearing pants. I'm not sure even if you're talking American pants or English pants. It doesn't make any difference as long as you've got something on the, above the waist and you're perfectly good. So yeah, free those air those bits out while you're teaching. Go for it. I so I'm going to die about that image quite happily. I'm going to need that uh, that uh, recording, Matt, so I can report Graham to the Virginia <laughs> School Board. <laughs> um about not wearing pants because this was about not wearing pants while doing your job which means that graham you are teaching impressionable children in your skivvies uh, we can't uh, have that right so right comedy effect i Ryan, was uh, i didn't Ryan. even do it in pajamas i was very professional i, Ryan, was wearing, I have to also remind you that we ones. i have to remind you as well that we have the legal provider of thought that nothing is, is they take out of our lawyer <laughs> michael pellegrini if anyone has an issue of it unfortunately and matt i want to remind you that i saw the big matt boski during a recording because you wanted to show us you were in your underpants while recording i did yeah, I mean, I didn't see. I, I mean, I didn't see hog. I didn't see sausage, but there, there was a bulge there. I saw that there was something there. So, Matthew, please, please wear your pants. There's, uh, there were. Well, it's been mentioned before, but not necessarily in your presence. There was certain rumors of um, an appearance on Five Nerds Go podcast as well, where something appeared. But, but I don't know. It sounds like that. Oh might... my God, was that it? Yeah, I think I was on that episode. Yes. yes. <laughs> I can confirm this. Rumors oh. are true, Graham. Okay. Rumors hey, are true. He's been denying this on multiple occasions. Hmm. Interesting. Um, should I give a devil's advocate to Ryan while you uh, turn back from red <laughs> to uh, your normal color, Matt? Fuck you, Nishan. <laughs> uh, Ryan, uh, no. yours is, and this was just off the top of my head, is that uh, Worcester should lose um, Beyond Wrestling or whatever it's called now, Open... I don't even know what it's called. You know what I'm talking about, though. Uh, mainly because 99% of America doesn't know how to pronounce that city. Absolutely. No, Beyond needs to go back to their home in Providence, Rhode Island. Or even better, they need to head over to, uh, to Warwick and head back to the Fet Music Hall, where they really got their start. You know what? They've outgrown Worcester. Worcester, what is it? It's a sauce. Who cares about that? Providence. Providence. That's the promised land right there. I can't remember what's it. What's the show on Thursday called? I just couldn't remember. Wrestling was... Open. Wrestling Open. Damn it! I knew that it was open in there, and then I was just well. It should have been obvious the word wrestling was in there because it's a wrestling show. But hey, I, I blanked. I blanked a little bit. All right, I believe it's just uh, Ryan and Matt. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm ready for for Matt. <clears throat> now, Matt, I think you might be getting a worse one than he originally planned for you after you were uh, confirming a certain fact. But oh, I had nothing planned. I was so... going to give you a nice about hell in a cell, but fuck you, you cunt. Um, so yes, you now getting this one. Uh, Vince didn't drop the ball with Vader. Vader never deserved the ball. 
Vader never deserved the ball in professional wrestling because professional wrestling was never Vader's calling. Vader's calling was 90 sitcoms, as everyone can tell by his amazing role on Boy Meets World as Ethan Supley character's father, in which case they taught us a great lesson about bullying. Son. Oh, applause from Matt. It's we. I think Zoom's cancelling it out, but there is definitely applause there. Begrudging applause, though. Uh, very, so very good work, sir. I try, and that was, that was that was that was actually to be fair. After I posted that, and then I didn't think about it until you just reminded me that you go through social media to look <laughs> for something, and I was like, "Ooh, he might call me out on Vader." And I was actually in the back of my mind, so that was that was. Well, I saw that one, but I missed the one about um... aliens. Apparently, yeah. So I'm going to attempt to make Matt tap out twice in one episode. Never happened before. No, Gavin again. As a chef, I would be remiss if I wasn't fully open. To the to the idea of consuming human flesh. Well, as a chef, I can I can certainly say that um, human flesh it would have the same sort of protein and that as you would find in other meats like that. I mean, turkey we have a very similar level uh, when you look under the microscope. I know it's like tastes like chicken. Time. I was hoping that was going to be gross enough for you, but I oh, no, human do not fish, want... Human fish is fine, uh, but talking about putting Shit. <laughs> in a sandwich, fuck off. <laughs> I, I, I'm, that's a whole other podcast of talking about my views on cannibalism, so <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. That's, a, that's a podcast for another day, for sure. And for potentially another legal uh, counsel. Indeed. <sighs> What a waste of wait five years, eh? With Ryan <laughs> being a dick. <laughs> we weren't talking about my dick, sir. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for the last five years. We'll start on year six next week. We're out of here. Boom. And don't forget, breaking news from CNN... The White House, led by President Joe Biden, has reported that, in fact, from a national standpoint, Jay White is a bag of dicks. Boom. Music Plus, Happy Happy Game Show. By Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0 slash.